Next up on Power to the Patient. But then I just got um, kind of frustrated and upset about my choices. And I started to research online knee inflammations. What, why is it, how did this happen to me? I don't even understand because I didn't fall or have a sustained injury to the knee. And so when I started to research and dig into what causes this kind of inflammation, I see this, I see this food um, connection to causing inflammation. Welcome to Power to the Patient. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Rosenthal. Please join us as we invite real people of all ages and backgrounds to share their personal stories of success, when and how they made it their priority to pivot towards better health. Let's welcome today's inspiring hero of health. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we really look forward to hearing your amazing story on how you found your healthy and how you're continuing to find your healthy. So um, as we always start, if you would just share a little bit about yourself, where you live, your background, um, what are you up to these days? Um, hi, I, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, I, I live on the Upper West Side, Manhattan. I'm a native New Yorker and I uh, work in um, business affairs for a media company, um, but I'm also a professionally trained dancer and I practice yoga and I'm a certified shiatsu practitioner and uh, I've been whole food plant-based for many years now. That's kind of how I found my healthy. We always like to start at the beginning. If you would just share with us what your family culture was about health, the conversations around health. I guess I would characterize it uh, and say that it was a fairly typical um, upbringing. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn and it was a mixed neighborhood. Um, And, you know, we pretty much ate the standard American diet for the most part, I would say, with some um, uh, Jewish influence um, around holiday time. Um, And, uh, you know, at some point, um, my uh, dad was diagnosed with heart disease. And um, he did experience a very serious heart attack in his late 40s. And so from that point, um, our, the, the diet of the household changed because my dad's diet had to change um, because of what, what happened. So um, I think I got you know, conscious about food and health um, as a teenager because my dad experienced this very serious health event. And um, it kind of started there. But um, you know, the doctors of the day didn't have too much advice about what to eat. It was more about portion control so that his weight um, uh, stayed steady because he had um, he had become very overweight um, uh, at the time of the heart attack. So the focus was on for his health, um, maintaining weight and and losing a substantial amount of weight. I think he lost about 80 pounds and um, and keeping it off. So um, I kind of got interested a little bit as a teenager of what it mean, meant to be healthy. And um, it was a lot about sodium in the diet at, at, that, at that stage. And so I kind of learned or 
created a belief that that salt and sodium was the enemy, you know, that <laughs> that it made my dad sick. I would tell people to put the salt shaker down and, you know, don't add salt to your food. It's not good for good good for us. And, you know, so that's kind of where it, it kind of started. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's really impactful um, and amazing that your dad was able to sort of change his habits because that's super hard for people. But oftentimes it takes that, you know, a scare or a big health event. You know, doctors, it's rare to go into a doctor's office and get a conversation around food uh, and, and how it affects health, but it's critical. But um, super happy to hear that your dad took it seriously and that you paid attention, right? You had a choice there as well. You didn't have to pay attention. You could have said, hey, I'm a teenager. I'm kind of invincible, which is very common, actually, and good for you for sort of paying attention and, and making those changes. So that's huge. So it sounds like, you know, that was like a big wake up call. We chatted a little bit earlier. You became vegetarian in your 20s, but not necessarily for health reasons. Is that true or not true? Or That's true. I had met someone uh, in my early 20s who was a vegetarian and was um, very uh, interested in animal rights issues. And um, that was his perspective. And so I was very influenced by his passion um, about the rights of animals, particularly um, factory farm animals. And so I decided to give that a try and made decisions based on, you know, that um, directive in a sense that I put on myself. And through the years, I developed um, a sugar uh, dysfunction, I would say. Um, and so I, I don't think I was eating particularly balanced meals. And so I would have these terrible sugar cravings. And um, that went on, you know, for, for a long time until I realized, oh, this is not, this is not right. I should not be craving, you know, a giant chocolate bar after a meal. <laughs> This, this is not normal. I, I'm not doing something right, you know. So, um, you know, I would try to self-correct, but again, not with enough, you know, uh, enough specific information to really understand how to fix it and, and create a balanced um, um, meal every day. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I think that's a very common story. I hear that a lot. A lot of people who go vegetarian and interesting I know of three ways uh, why people become vegetarians. One is you mentioned animal rights, which was your um, sort of portal, right? Um, for health reasons is another and planetary reasons. And they're all kind of connected, right? They're not so separate. But um, oftentimes, if you're not doing it for health, even for health reasons, people are often misguided. Well, if I just cut out animal products, I'm good, which is not the case, right? Like you, you've come to that. We're going to talk more about that. Um, but just because, I mean, you can literally eat, you know, Oreo cookies, potato chips and pretzels all day long, and you're technically vegetarian, right? Um, but not so healthy, right? So it's, you know, and, and we try to, you know, a, a lot of people don't get that message and it seems, oh my God, that's so, so complicated. Wait, I cut out meat, I cut out this and I'm still having problems. Well, it takes a little, it's not that complicated, but it does take a little, um, attention to really be thinking about what is on the menu and is it fueling our system? Are we getting the correct micronutrients? 
Are we getting the correct minerals? Are we eating real food? I, I'd like to say that you mentioned before you, you grew up with the standard American diet, which the acronym is actually SAD, S-A-D, which is a, we have a very unfortunately sad state of affairs where the standard of American diet has gotten us into crazy trouble with our health, right? From chronic diseases of cancer to diabetes to heart disease. I mean, it's the big killers and the common denominator is food. So super important to make the choices that actually support health. So, okay, so here you are, you're a vegetarian, the animals are happy, you're doing the ethical thing, right? You said that you were eating a lot of sugar, you know, wanting a giant candy bar, um, addicted to sugar, if you will, because it's a, it is a very addictive. What like what happened then? Like how did you what your what were your next steps of finding out, um, learning, seeking? Uh, you know, do you happen upon an article? Like what was your next step in sort of making the swapping out sort of a, an unhealthy vegetarian diet, if you will, to a, a healthier vegetarian diet? Well, it's a little bit of a bumpy ride after that. So I, I um, wound up taking a workshop with a wonderful woman named Anne-Marie Colbin. Oh, I know. I knew of her. She passed away. But yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. And so I had I had already learned um, shiatsu at that point. So I had a, you know, I had an understanding of, of um, the basics of traditional Chinese medicine by the time I um, signed up for her workshop. And you want to and just elaborate a little bit? Some of our, our listeners may not know what shiatsu is, but a, a brief, you know. Yeah. Brief so, so shiatsu is based on, on the system of acupuncture. And acupuncture is um, from the traditional Chinese medicine um, world. It's the, it's the medicine of, of the country of China. And shiatsu is Japanese, and they adapted um, the concepts of TCM to... Traditional Chinese medicine. Yes, yes. TCM, traditional, yep. Yes, to take those concepts and instead of using needles to treat people energetically, they uh, developed a system of body work. So it's hands-on energy work, mm -hmm. but it, uh, it, it utilizes the same concepts as an acupuncturist would. So right. shiatsu practitioners learn how to diagnose energy in the body, and then they work from that energy diagnosis to provide a treatment to the body through hands-on um, technique. Right. With meridians, correct me if I'm wrong, meridians and sort of balancing energy for health. Yes, that's the basic. Thank you for that. Um, so Anne-Marie Colvin, because she's a food person. How does that, how did she tie in? Yeah. yeah. So she was offering a workshop in five element food theory, which uses the uh, concepts of traditional Chinese medicine or TCM and how it applies to, to, to food theory in the, in the framework of TCM. So that actually includes um, animal protein foods. So at that point, I had, that's when I was, um, you know, I had discovered I'd become an unhealthy vegetarian. And, and after taking her course, I decided to start eating meat again, that, <laughs> because that was going to self-correct me if I started eating, eating meat again. And so I tried that for a while. And I, I, I kind of, didn't really enjoy eating meat again. I, even though I was doing it, I really didn't enjoy. I've, 
I have a question. You didn't enjoy it because you didn't like the taste or your body didn't feel good from it or, or what, what was it? What did you feel? It was kind of a little bit of everything. I didn't, I didn't like eating animal protein because I'd been so many years not eating it. So I didn't like the idea of eating it. And then I, if I didn't really feel that great if I, if I ate it. Um, so you know, I was just, I, I was unhappy with my choice, but I felt or believe that that's how I was going to rebalance my, my system because I had gone so out of balance, you know, right. based on what I understood, you know, the five element theory to be. So, um, you know, I stayed, I, I tried that approach for a while. And then I, I wound up, you know, going back to um, being sort of half vegetarian, half vegan, you know, for a while. Well, yeah. we, we know actually that meat is a, a big uh, inflammatory. Like it, 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 it sort of sets off inflammation in the body. So your body was not lying to you, right? And the science supports what you were actually experiencing. Um, but you had an injury. I don't know if you were dancing at the time. You had a knee injury. We talked about that when we met earlier. Um, tell us about that. Were you dancing? Was it, did you, did you fall? Did you have a, you know, a trauma or did you just kind of your knee just blew up or what, what was going on there? Yeah. So I was, I was, um, still dancing and, um, I suddenly had some knee issues in my left knee. It, it, it was causing me pain and I didn't realize it was inflamed initially. I just had knee discomfort. Mm -hmm. And, um, like a lot of dancers, we just keep keep going, even though we have a pain somewhere, we just keep going to class and keep working. And we believe it's whatever that pain is will go away, you know, <laughs> by Sometimes it does, but not always, right? The body does heal itself. But if you keep insulting it, right, mechanically, physically, or chemically by eating foods, which are inflammatory, right? You know, the body does want to go towards health. We know that. But yeah, so your body was telling you, Yes, my body was telling me it was something was wrong, but I wasn't really listening to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, just to fill in a little bit about what I was eating during leading up to that point where I become cognizant that my my knee is giving me troubles that I had. Um, I was eating what I would characterize as a grief diet because I was I was grieving at the time and I was eating a lot of takeout foods and a lot of it was pasta, wheat, pasta, cheese, vegetables, and desserts. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, dairy-based desserts and all food from the outside. I wasn't really able to take care of myself very well. And, and so, um, you know, I carried on that way for, you know, for quite a few months and my knee seemed to just be getting worse and worse. And I was really in a lot of pain. Um, and I was icing my knee. I was elevating it. I, you know, I would rest and not be in class every day. I wouldn't jump when I went to class. I just sort of stand in the back. And I realized this, you know, this is not me. This is not, this is not okay. And so I, I finally made an appointment to see um, a doctor for the knee. And he explains that I, I have an inflammation. Um, and he uh, offered to uh, put me on, uh, give me physical therapy um, script and to also put me on an anti-inflammatory drug. So when I said to him that I don't like taking pharmaceutical drugs, um, is there anything else I can do? 
and um, he kind of shook his head and said, no, not really. And so I thanked him and I took the script for, for physical therapy and I, and I did do some physical therapy, but then I just got um, kind of frustrated and upset about my choices. And I started to research online knee inflammations. What, why is it, how did this happen to me? I don't even understand because I didn't fall or hurt or, or, or have a sustained injury to the knee. And so when I started to research and dig into what causes this kind of inflammation, I see this, I see this food um, connection to causing inflammation in the body in different areas of the body, but also very significantly for, for knee, for knee inflammation. So I decided for, um, I decided to figure out what I was eating that I could, that could be causing this problem for me. And I didn't fully understand it in retrospect, but I asked myself, what am I eating the most of, you know, what, what's, what's taking up more than 50% of the foods that I eat, you know, for the week. And those foods were wheat and dairy foods like cheese, um, some nightshade vegetables that were a regular part of the meal and sugar, right? That, which is what I was eating because I was screaming. And so I looked, you know, I looked at those categories and all those categories were foods that potentially created inflammation in the body. So I just hit the delete button all at once on all of those foods that I was eating and I replaced it with other foods. That, that's amazing. I mean, so many things about that are amazing, like going to the doctor, but having your own sort of health intuition about anti-inflammatory, like we, we know that all medications, even over-the-counter medications have side effects, right? Um, and the best we can do, sometimes we need medications, but if there's a non-pharmacological way to treat a problem at its source, at its root cause, without introducing harm, side effects, um, you know, down the road, that, that's an optimal way. I think we would all agree that that's the best way to take care of something. And you said, thank you very much to the doctor. And you did your own investigation, which is incredible. Like that you, you just, the idea to take care of yourself and figure it out. And again, there's so many doctors, you know, who, they're not thinking about this. They're not thinking really, unfortunately, about root cause of about educating because they often, unfortunately, don't know themselves and they don't behave like that and they don't make those choices yet. Although I just put my name on a, a proposed bill in New York State to require nutritional education for doctors. We'll see what happens, right? So, yeah, it's a huge um kind of blind spot in our healthcare system, but you did the work of knowing. It was the knowing and the trusting your body to seek another way to do it um, and to change your whole milieu in your body because food is chemistry, food is medicine, food is information for ourselves, right? And if we're basically in an inflammatory soup, which is food, right? In a inflammatory soup of, of cells, right? A reaction to the foods we're eating, we're not going to feel and function optimally. And you're a dancer. Like, you know, you were, you needed your body to work for you. And you said, I can do this better, which is incredible. And it takes an incredible amount of sort of self-understanding and work 
to kind of figure that out. And you also connected the dots for yourself, right? Um, that, you know, your, your health, you wanted to feel better and you were willing to make the changes and not just, you know, take, you know, often the, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory would be a chemical band-aid. And you also would never have gotten this whole other world of being healthier, right? So that's an amazing, you know, it just, thank you for sharing that because that is so inspiring to hear that you said, wait a second, I can do better. And then you went and you, you went ahead and did that. Um, any sort of roadblocks along the way or, you know, who supported you in these choices or maybe people thought, you know, oh my God, all she eats is vegetables or like, you know, what, what was going on for you? Um, I mean, at the time, I I don't know if uh, I got a lot of support about what I was doing. I just sort of quietly did it myself. You know, I live alone, so it's not like I had a family or you know a a, a live you know a, a home partner to see what I was doing. But um, you know, I just would bring my own food to work. And, you know, my breakfast foods, my fruit and what I would have for lunch, I brought everything with me every single day. Um, I didn't, you know, didn't rely on outside food from, you know, restaurants or, you know, you know, nearby things. I, I was very, very diligent and careful about what I was eating. And right around the fourth month of, of um, trying this new, new way, I started to feel the the benefits of what I was doing. And all of a sudden, my knee felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. And at first, I, I, you know, when I first experienced it, I was like, wait, real, wait, this like, I can do I can move my knee and it doesn't hurt. Right. And I was kind of shocked. And I almost in disbelief, uh, when I first realized my knee was hurting much, much less. And then you know, after I got over the shock of it, I realized, oh, wait, what I I was doing was actually working, you know, so when, so when I told people, you know, around me that that was happening, um, they didn't really believe it, or were were just sort of like, oh, really, that's, you know, that's kind of, that's nice, that's kind of amazing, but, (laughs) you know, not really, you know, riding this joy with me, (laughs) like, oh, my God, do you have any idea how much pain I've been in? you know, like how pain, just sitting in a chair was painful, you know? And so I, I kind of sort of went through it mostly alone, (laughs) you know? So, so, so it took about four months of healthy eating and you mentioned physical therapy. So it could have been a combination, right? But the dramatic, I don't know if you were still going to physical therapy at that time. And some take, sometimes it takes a little bit of strengthening or some, you know, manual work to kind of get the knee going, but you're attributing to, and you are so kind of aware of your body and sort of what's working and not working that you're, you're pretty clear that it was your change in, you know, getting rid of sugars and pot, you know, taking care of yourself, eating a, what were you eating? Like what, what, what specific, like a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, you know? What- yeah. I, I, I had fruit servings every day for breakfast and I added in nuts and seeds and I started to make my own granola. And um, I would have some miso soup with the seaweeds and some vegetables in the miso soup for lunch. Um, and um, for dinner, I'll just have vegetables, potatoes, um, you know, just try to, to keep the meals small. So I, I wasn't, 
to overeating, uh, unbeknownst to me, I actually had gained prior to starting this, I had gained about 16 or 18 pounds. And I didn't even realize that I had gained that weight. So that, that weight had come off um, during that period as well. And so um, about the physical therapy, I only did four sessions of PT work, Um, only went four times, but I did, I did continue to do the, um, the exercises on my own. Amazing. So you, you, you cured your knee, right. By changing your diet, which that may be a far bridge, you know, for people to connect those two dots, right? So the things that we think about in medicine for me is like get physical therapy, okay, um, you know, take an anti-inflammatory, maybe a cortisone injection, maybe surgery, right? All of these things with huge side effects when changing your diet and decreasing the general systemic overall inflammation in your body um, seem to make a tremendous difference for you. So that's something that people may not normally go to, which is what am I eating when I have knee pain or for that matter, back pain or wrist pain or arthritis, or, you know, I've written about this topic, actually foods that fight pain. And, you know, it's a bit of a surprise when I bring this up to people. So you made that connection and you really benefited from making those changes. And to your credit, you, um, you know, you're, you're, you stuck with something you you probably, was it hard or you like, Oh, I feel so good. It's easy to continue. Like, you know, was it difficult for you to kind of stay on program, so to speak? Um, no, it wasn't difficult for me to stay on, on program because I made up my mind that I was not going to live with this pain in my knee and, and it, it was preventing me from dancing. And so, um, for me, it was a very easy choice to, to, to make the connection that if, if I'm, if I'm the one eating the foods that are, that's causing my body to react like this, then I'm the one who can fix it. And so I don't, I don't miss foods that potentially can make me ill. Okay. You know? <laughs> Makes I, sense. I, no, not at all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense. But I hear it every day in my office. I, you know, like, oh, I, you know, but I really like this. And then they're not feeling well. I'm like, well, there's, there's the connection there. So I get it. Um, you know, if you want to feel well, you've got to, you know, really make the changes to create the habit. Same thing. It's not only for food, by the way, right? It's for activity. It's for sleep. It's for exercise. It's for managing your stress. It's, you know, making the changes. A lot of people, you know, big, you know, I have, a, I have, a, you know, a couple of glasses of wine every night. I'm not sleeping well. I wake up feeling crummy. By the way, wine is very inflammatory in the body as well. So, and they're not necessarily making that connection. So, you know, choosing, it was like to say, once you sort of like figure out or or have some help figuring out what keeps you feeling optimally, it gets easier and easier and easier to not really backtrack. And it's it's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody does it all right, right? But if you have like a strong foundation of healthy habits, then you kind of eat much easier to go forward and continue the next day. Oh, I feel really good. I'm going to keep on going with this. Um, you've obviously done some amazing, you know, healing of yourself, you know, in, in lots of ways. Do you know if you've inspired other people to sort of make any changes in their lives or do you talk to your, you know, any of your fellow dancers about this, you know, your colleagues at work? Um, I know you're involved in some community 
you know, program. So please tell us about this, Kim. Yeah, I, I, I hope that I help people um, take a look at what they are eating and how they're feeling. I, and I do really enjoy trying to um, sort of help someone have a, have a aha moment that they, they are in, they could potentially be in control of their health in a way that they didn't already um, know about. And so, um, you know, I, I, I volunteer with a group called Plant Power Metro New York. And, um, you know, we, we as an organization help people learn about whole food plant-based nutrition. And I've gotten um, some friends uh, interested in trying to change their, uh, their diets. And um, I have one friend who, you know, has a lot of work to do with the health issues that she's been dealing with. And um, she's working on it right now, and I and I'm 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 so excited and like grateful that she's you know really trying now this time, um, you know. And it's really hard. It's hard to watch, you know, someone suffer in 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 pain and health issues, and not be able to psychologically make the um, the decision you know, to make these changes that, that seems so hard for some people to make. And, I, you know, I didn't experience that, that hardship of giving up foods. I didn't feel that sense of, you know, withdrawal or, or pain about giving up a food. I didn't go through that. So I, I feel, uh, you know, empathetic toward people who are experiencing that. And I, you know, makes me feel personally a little frustrated for them because, you know, it's just something that you're eating, <laughs> you know, like, like to, for me, it seems so easy. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's like if, if we have very little control about most things in our, in our worlds, right. But what we choose to eat every day is our choice. We yeah. get, to, we get to choose this or that. And so why, why does this particular food item have such control over you? You know, it it really shouldn't. It's a kind, it's a kind of a a weird addiction um, that we don't, you know, we don't really um, put an emphasis on, on the fact that people do get addicted, you know, to certain, to certain foods that clearly, you know, we know can cause harm. Yeah. Your friend is, first of all, your friend is so lucky to have you because you're so empathic um and so caring and i'm sure you know you it sounds like you you're you know a mentor and inspire other people to sort of find their healthy um but you're right it is not i mean the hard some of the hardest just to make changes right we get into habits and we have to literally choose a different lane of thinking and being and that is i struggle with that too with my patients i'm like you'll feel so much better just just you know but we have to keep doing the work that we do. And that's why that's the reason for this podcast, actually, which is exactly that, which is to hear stories of regular people who have done that just like yourself. Right. And it's it's these stories with, because it is so hard. Right. And people, you know, sort of get psyched out, if you will, or like, I just can't or I'm, I'm you know, I, I how can I do this? I've been eating like this forever. or I've been, you know not exercising forever, or my, I'm just a poor sleeper, or these, all these sort of excuses and sort of ways of being when you get serious about it and start taking the step towards 
you just get better and better. Like success builds on success, but um, it takes somebody like you and your story. And I'm sure just by you telling the story, by the way, you're going to inspire other people. That's what this is all about. It's a yes. So thank you. It's, it's, you know, those stories like, oh, so Kim did this and her knee is better and she was able to dance again, which is, that's a pretty heroic, you know, thing. And, you know, we're happy, so happy to celebrate you. And this is just that, you know, what do they call it? The butterfly effect or just, you know, impacting other people just by sharing. So that's huge. And we totally appreciate that. Um, any looking forward, the last question I'm going to just any new health goals. You've done so much already um, in making changes and actively choosing to inspire others. And, you know, just your friend, you know, mentoring for Plant Powered Metro New York, um, as well as telling your story here, which our listeners will, you know, be um, hopefully catapulted into some kind of action. And by the way, it's a process, right? It doesn't always happen, right? You had your bumpy road, right? You vegetarian for animal rights. Oh, maybe I should add meat because maybe I need it. I actually, I don't. Okay, I'm just going to be veggie, but I'm going to eat a lot of, you know, sugar and comfort food. And then like, okay, wait a second. I got to, you know, choose, make better choices. So this was a lot of, you know, circuitous over decades, may I say, right? Of just, so this is, you know, I just want to remind the people, you know, our, our listeners that this is a process and hearing these little bits, right, of connecting the dots and taking little bits from, we never know who's going to inspire us, right? Like my brother jokes with me and I always say this, he's an orthopedic surgeon um, and he doesn't put too much emphasis on this food thing, even though he's doing surgery for joints that could potentially, you know, do better that don't necessarily need surgery, right? But um he will always say, oh, you know, Lily, same old story. Just everybody knows, don't eat Doritos. Everybody knows exercise. But we need to keep hearing this in various ways because we never know what we're going to connect with or who we are going to connect with. So we totally appreciate your story. And again, the last question is any other health goals for you um, that, by the way, the science totally agrees with you and your choices. We know that a whole food plant-based uh, translation, fruits, veggies, beans, nuts, and some whole grains, right? Not processed food, you know, uh, little if no animal products, like that's the optimal diet for humans. Yeah. Um, to reverse, prevent chronic disease. Powerful, powerful, powerful. But any other health goals for you, like going forward, anything you're sort of working on or anything else you want to say? Um, I, I would like to um, get some help with periodontal, um, how nutrition can affect periodontal disease, because I, I do um, I have that as well. And that, and that I, it seems to be a genetic, um, uh, there's a genetic component to it. And that does- periodontal, like dental, your dental. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For our viewers, like periodontal work is, is dental, oral health. You want to improve yeah. your oral health. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Specifically periodontal. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I understand from, you know, some of the um, physicians that I, that I've seen that, that there's this genetic com component to it, um, that, that it really, that there really isn't a way to um, reverse it. Um, you just have to, uh, you know, 
be diligent um, and get cleanings and, um, you know, get get various kinds of work done to help try to hold on to your teeth. And I, I'm, you know, so I'd like to to, to find out and, and understand further if, if the same theories uh, with nutrition can reverse these other disorders that we already have discussed here and we know about um, through, the, through the work of um, the lifestyle medicine world, you know, can this also apply to the, peri- the periodontal uh, issues? I'm not up on the, the literature in that, but um, you're reminding us very importantly that we're, it's all connected, right? And our whole health of the entire body, including our, you know, oral health and, and mouth health, right? Um, you know, it, it's all connected. So it sounds like you eat like a champ. So there may be some other things that you can do. And you're also reminding us that health is really, um, you know, a verb that we have to actively continue to take part, continue to learn and continue to make choices that will support our optimal health in every way, shape and form. And it's not over. It's not like you've arrived at like, you know, a place of, of perfect health. So you'll need to keep us posted on what you decide. If I come across anything, um, like I said, it's not my area of expertise, but in the literature about keeping those gorgeous teeth that you have we will, um, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to send it your way. And uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation. So thank you so much for sharing. I know you've helped so many people just by um, having this conversation with us. And uh, we wish you like the best in health and then keep it going. So thank you so much, Kim. I'm your host, Dr. Lily Rosenthal, with a giant thank you to my partner and the amazing team at MedShadow. MedShadow is a nonprofit whose mission is committed to educating the public on science-based options for making the best healthcare decisions for ourselves and our families. Perhaps you or someone you know have a success story to share. Have you avoided surgery or medication by adopting a healthier lifestyle? Have you beat or reversed a chronic disease by changing the way you eat, sleep, or move? Have you lost weight and got healthier? We would love to hear from you please email us at powertothepatientpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be well and stay healthy.